Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How have you been, mate? Yeah, good, Pez. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Thank you for uh, coming on the show, our show, but from uh, from a distance. So this is the first time we've done a remote. Is that is that what we call it? A remote yeah. distance um, podcast, um, and we are filming it as well. So we're using different technology, and uh, hopefully it'll all work, and we'll be able to get a nice podcast out of it. We haven't done one for a while, have we? No, and we would have done one way back at the start of social distancing, wouldn't we? But that kind of scuppered our plans. Now we think we found a way around it, or you do. Yeah. It goes out, never. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, as always with the format of this, I have 10 questions in front of me, some of which I have popped in there and some of which I have been asked over the course of this lockdown period that we've been in. Um, so we'll just go through them straight one to ten, I presume. And it is, it's going to call it a lockdown special, but there's nothing that much special about lockdown, is there? But um, it is to do with the lockdown and remote learning. Um, My um, neighbours have just turned a whacker plate on again, I think. So if it affects sound, I apologise. Okay, no worries. We have to have to deal with all of these sort of things. Um, I've got my lad upstairs doing his homework so uh, he could disturb me at any point as well but that's all part of lockdown so it's uh, it's all quite relevant I think so questions one to ten start with question one how have you been engaging with your players and keeping them active during lockdown and uh, try to remember that this has been asked to both of us I guess not just to you but um, and we've, we've done pretty much similar things haven't we so you can start yeah so uh... Our first Saturday sessions, if you like, that were cancelled um, was about three days before the social distancing rules were in place. So you actually came round to my garage, didn't you? Yeah. I think we did one on the Thursday night before for your academy sessions. In my front room, yeah. And today, on a closed online group, did a coaching session from your living room to prove that it can be done in a small space. And then on the Saturday, as I said, you came round to my garage, uh, the Wessex garage, as it's now known. Um, And there was me, you, and um, my nephew, Alfie, um, in the garage doing, we did your session, was it 10 o'clock start? 9.30 till 10.30, my first one was. And then we did mine, 11 till 12, with Alfie doing most of the demos. Yeah. And then you did yours again, 2 till 3, is that right? That's correct, yeah. It was, a, it was a long day, but it was nice to have each other, to help each other out and through the sessions. and Yeah, and it, it was new and it was good fun, wasn't it? And, and if it had stayed like that for the whole period where we could have done it all together, it would have been a lot easier, wouldn't it? But, um, yeah. Um, but with every of adversity and every bit of challenge you learn and you grow and yeah. I've been watching nearly all of your sessions when I can 
think you've watched quite a few of mine. And I think I've, I've heard picking, all of yours, actually. I haven't watched them all. I've been picking up um, tips of you. Hopefully you've had a few ideas from me as I well. I have certainly stolen okay. a few ideas, yeah. Football Paul has started doing sessions in his garage as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, works with you at Peasant Street Soccer and concentrates more on the younger age groups, what you call the kickstart groups. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching Paul's sessions as well and picking up a few hints and tips of the way he delivers and uh, watching him putting skills combos together as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been in some ways a really tough and challenging time hasn't it for everyone but for me it's helped me push on and concentrate more on individual coaching again which probably spent about six months not coming away from but focusing more on um, team training if you like uh, because I've been working with 12 to 16s and adults only really for the last six months before this all happened yeah, so let's just remind the listeners or viewers, if you're watching the video, um, how we've actually done this. So we've we've both got closed Facebook groups for our our members, our players, and their, yeah. uh, mainly their parents, obviously, especially with the younger age groups that I've got. Um, and then they join the group, and then we do live sessions. We're trying to, well, I've been trying to stick to the same similar times of the actual sessions would be because I know how important it is for some parents to keep some sort of a routine. So a Monday night Pezzas Academy session starts at six. So I do a session live at six. So they know it's always going to be there, whether they can make it or not uh, and join in live or not. Um, it's always there for them at that time. So I try to do that. You've, um, had one session on a Saturday, haven't you, for all of yours in together, which I wish I had done in a way because um, it, it would be so much easier. I tried to tailor each session for the individual age groups to start with, but then it became a bit easier just to throw everything in because you have different levels of experience within those age groups anyway. Yeah. I thought I'm just going to throw everything in and now openly tell the children pick and choose the bits that you want to do if I do 12 reps of something maybe you do six to eight do what you can um so I've I've changed the way I do it a little bit format yeah and we're lucky because we've got skill tech schemes in place where we can actually say here's the levels if you're in school year seven for me or here's a level if you're school year 12 to adults um so I can probably get away with doing all mine in one session. Um, well, we were very lucky in the fact that this is what we do. Individual yeah. practices and um, individual coaching and things that children can do on their own, just them and a ball. We've been doing for well over a decade. Um, and we put it together, as you say, as a skill tech scheme, which has levels, targets, goals. Um, and we all had that all in place anyway. So, that side of it, it was very easy transition, wasn't it? It was just, we'll get on to challenges later because we've had a question about it, but, that, you know, how you do that from home at distance was was the challenge. But all the content was already there, so we were really, really lucky on on that. Yeah, and I've managed to keep going with um, not just Wessex Futsal Club, but Wiltshire College Futsal Academy as well. Yeah. Um, so I just set up um, a phone and a laptop 
and we live stream simultaneously to both um, Wiltshire College and Wessex Futsal Club. The, the sort of statement a year ago, Jeffrey, I never thought I would ever hear you say. <laughs> so, so it's definitely changed you. What about doing an online podcast from your living room and my kitchen? Uh, that's true as well. So, again, we've got another question about things that have come out of it. So we'll, uh, I think we'll, we'll leave question one um, and crack on with question two, which is what have been the biggest challenges? Um, technology and space, I guess, are the obvious two. Yeah, and also injuries. Um, you've oh, yeah. pulled your calf. I did pull my calf, yeah. Leading up to the social distancing, I'd had a slip disc in my back and been to an osteopath once, no, twice, I think, to have my back cracked. Um, and I'd had two sleepless nights where I thought, I don't know how I'm ever going to coach again, let alone at the weekends and things. And I'd just been down to Devon with the under-16s who were Southwest champions. Um, and then the following week, the lockdown was announced, if you like. So um, I've since then hurt my back again and I've had to go back into an osteopath um, because it was that serious that I needed to get it sorted again. So we've had injuries as well as technology problems and, and things to overcome as well. But don't think you're quite over your calf yet, are you? No, because with our um, personal training sessions we've been doing as well, which we didn't actually mention in question one. So we've been doing some personal sessions um, via Zoom with myself and you and one child each. So it is one-to-one, -one, but there's four of us on the chat. Yeah. And they've been working really, really well. So with those and my live sessions, plus my weekly soccer size that I've been doing um, for everybody um, yeah. with um, Wiltshire and Swindon Sports, so WASP, they've backed that. Plus my challenge chamber, um, I've never really had a chance to rest it. So it's, um, it, yeah, it's been, been quite, quite tough with that. Yeah, um, well, at least we're both really fit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I might have even lost a few pounds if, I, if my diet was a bit better. But with all these sessions, I've been grabbing pop noodles and bacon sandwiches and snacks in between them. And actually, I think my diet was much better before lockdown. But um, that's is one of the challenges, isn't it? It's fitting it all in around the timings, around Josh's schoolwork, um, you know, other bits and bobs I'm doing. I'm writing a book, as you know, for parents. Um, so I've never been busier. But with all that has come lots of time management challenges, as well as the physical stuff and the technology and not having a lot of space. And But we've learned a lot of, we've gone along with, you know, from our first live session where we had the camera around the wrong way and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now I'm here and I've, I'm plugged into a Wi-Fi booster box. I'm plugged into my boom box for sound. I've got my microphone plugged in all through my laptop. I never would have believed I could have done that six or seven <laughs> weeks ago, you know. So it's what you do when you have to do it, isn't it? Like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Probably should have mentioned about the challenge chamber as well on um, how we've been keeping our players engaged. So I've got, um, I've got 10 core skills that I did with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain when he was 17 and at Southampton Football Club. And I've kept his scores, his targets that, you know, count how many of each you do in 30 seconds. And I've kept those scores with me all this time. And I, uh, I sent him a message 
when uh, lockdown starts. So would you mind if I put it out as a challenge so the kids can can uh, can have a go at challenging? He said, no, that's fine. So we've been doing this challenge chamber thing. We've got some nice signed pictures from him as well. So one in a Liverpool kit, one in an England kit, one in a Southampton kit. So if this goes out before the end of the challenges, then jump on. It's on um, Pez's Street Soccer and Skill Tech Scheme Facebook page. And you can enter all 10. And every time you enter, you um, get your name in a hat. And it's actually a prize draw. It's not even a competition. It's um, just a participation thing rather than trying to beat your scores. So a little plug for that. But it's uh, be nice to get a few more involved. It's been quite popular. You had a go yet, Jeff? I haven't. No, I need to do all 10 <laughs> videos. I'll get them in. And uh, what do I win if I um, enter or have a chance of winning? Um, a signed England picture from Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, a signed England one and a signed Southampton one. So one of three. But I've promised one to your... England, Liverpool and... Yeah, what South did I say? Uh, England, England and Southampton. Oh, England, Liverpool and Southampton, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've said it so many times, I shouldn't make a mistake. Um, yeah, so I promised one of them to your Wessex Futsal Club, one of them to my members at Pezzers, and one to the general public, which is why we've got three. So uh, Pezzers will get first choice, then Wessex, and then hopefully it'll work out nicely for everyone and a Man United fan won't end up with a Liverpool one or something like that, but we'll do our um, best. And if there's coaches at clubs listening and they like the sound of that, um, I suppose this is a good time for a bit of a plug for the Pezza's skill tech scheme, isn't it, for um, players? Because those 10 core skills plus many other things have, have gone into um, the skill tech scheme, haven't they? So yes. players anywhere in the world could engage and do something similar and more advanced. Yeah, so we've got, like I say, we were lucky because we had all this in place before. And there's a question coming up in a little while about other things popping up. I even saw one this morning, um, an ex-pro that I was with at Southampton's now advertising that they're doing um, football training for kids from their front room. And you just think, wow, you know, we've been doing this for years and all this is starting to pop up now. And you, you no offence to him because he was a great player, played in the Premier League. But um, you think, well, you're just starting it from nothing what's your content actually going to be like, you know? So I do worry about some of them that are coming on, but we'll get onto that later. But So we've had the skill tech scheme in place for quite a while, and it's got all the stuff in there that we um, we did with Alex Oxley-Chamberlain, Adam Milana, Jay Rodriguez, and so on and so forth. Um, it's got my favourite bits from the Brazilian soccer school that we did, Coerva coaching, um, all sorts of bits and different influences um, we haven't just copied, obviously, um, but there's been a lot of influences that have gone into it. Um, and if you really are into it, then there's more info on the Skill Tech Scheme page on my website, pezzastreetsoccer.com. And um, we also did a podcast about it as well. So if you listen to this podcast, you could go back and find that for a lot more info. Um, but yeah, so we've got people from as far away as Australia on it um, and people all over the country. So if you are looking for something that's structured and been around for a while with targets and measurable feedback, then it could be for you. Didn't really want it to be a massive plug for this podcast to try and get more 
more people involved because I think a lot of people have been inundated with these things and yeah, they, they getting were. confused with actually what's best, but it's there and it's available. Great stuff. Right, shall we move on? Question three. Question three. What has the participation and engagement been like? So this will be for your online sessions and stuff. Okay, so I had around about between 30 and 40 players coming regularly to Wessex Futsal Club on Saturdays. My sessions were, before lockdown, uh, 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. for under-12s, 10 till 12 for under-14s, and then 12 till 2 for the under-16s. So some squads had over 10, some had around about 10. Um, and a majority uptake have signed up to the closed group and have carried on as members. And I would say an average about 16 players watch the live sessions at the time. And then I know because um, I've spoken to Rio's parents. Um, yeah. Shout out to Aggie and Don's, um, if they're listening. Um, that Rio was training today doing Saturday session and he also does our um, individual coaching sessions once a week doesn't he Me and you. yeah um, so he'll probably come back sharper than ever um, and so there's quite a few that do catch up after the Saturday live session because they're obviously very busy aren't they during lockdown yeah I've noticed that with mine as time's gone on more and more players are not following along live but are doing it at different times when it's convenient to them. So like I said earlier, some of them like the structure and like it to be part of their day. Yeah. Um, and know when it is and stick to the routine. But um, more and more now, I think, are actually fitting it in when it's more convenient to them. And that, that gave me such a boost and such a lift to see kids getting up, putting their kits on on a Saturday, training along, and then getting sent videos and pictures of them training along live um, yeah it, it kind of makes it all the effort that went into putting those live sessions on and preparing and because there's been so much more work to do than I mean we always work and prepare well don't yeah. we but we've had to put so much more in because when you're doing this it feels like you're the producer the editor the cameraman doesn't it it feels like you're doing everything and um, yeah. oh it's been much harder you know planning the sessions and there's no interaction. So normally you would say, this is how you can try something. This is how you break it down. If you're struggling, you'd have questions. You'd be able to give immediate feedback. Yeah. You'd say, we're going to practice this for three, four minutes. Off you go and go around the room. And there's no pauses like that. It's full you can on. gauge in a, in a real session, if you like, when it's time to move on and, yeah. Do the kids want to move on now or do they need to carry on a bit longer on that or with this it's you just go as long as you think feels right then you I suppose we've got better at it as we've gone along but yeah yeah it's tough um I have noticed when we first started it there was a big buzz around it and with other stuff as well whether it was the Joe Wicks daily thing or yeah. other stuff that I'd seen there was a bit of a buzz um and it's died down a little bit now and there's less photos and videos going into the groups and things. And it's definitely got to a point where I think a lot of people, I don't know, uh, 
just hit a bit of a lull with things at the moment. It's it's, <laughs> it's a shame because it probably reflects everybody's mood out there in the country right now. Um, and it's it's yeah, I mean it's it's just obviously a sad situation. People don't know when we're going to come out of it. There's rumours today that grassroots football won't start until at least January 2021. Um, I saw that somewhere. I just think, how do people come up with this? There's been nothing official said. So there's a lot of people saying things that maybe they shouldn't or guessing and lots of rumours. And I think, you know, a lot of the kids now have got a lot more structured schoolwork come their way. Um, and I think they were getting a bit inundated with challenges. Even my lad had his boxing club challenges, his team challenges, stuff he was doing with me, school PE um, and his schoolwork. And I think it might got a bit too much for some some of the kids yeah it is a bit overwhelming isn't it even for me trying to keep up with emails or different side projects that are going on that you're trying to plan for in September or whatever you think you might come back so you've got your plan A plan I, I'm overwhelmed with the stuff outside of the coaching just general life at times so. yeah and where they're coming from if that's the way they're feeling yeah and it's um but it's our jobs to keep going and keep offering this and you know the the take up has been really really good i mean especially with yours if you think of the percentage rate of how many you're doing yours um you know if you take your full number and how many are doing it i mean it's pretty much half are doing it live yeah. which is you know testament to what you're doing so well done mate and keep it going and hopefully things will ease up soon and we'll be able to maybe get out and do small groups or take our virtual online one-to-ones we're doing and take those outdoors and get a little bit more interaction but I think yeah. it's going to be a slow process. A big shout out to the ones that have stuck by it and because you can really see a massive improvement in their individual technical um, style and the way they're moving and it's definitely been worth it. I think those parents that have, have seen their kids doing the online sessions are, are getting so much out of it, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, one of the challenges, possibly more for you, because you have quite team-orientated stuff as well, um, is there might be a massive gap between the ones that have and the ones that haven't when they come back for a while, which I hadn't really, really thought about because the ones who haven't really bothered doing anything and the other ones you've had six, seven, eight weeks, whatever it might be by the end of it, of doing these pretty much high-intensity training sessions you've put on. No offence to the other ones, but they're going to be sharp. They're going to be, you know, months ahead with their technical ability, the way they move, their fitness. Yeah, and I suppose one positive is, even if they've not been motivated to do it now, when we do go back, if they do see that and they do feel that way, if they're that way inclined that they want to catch up again, it will all be there online still for them to go back. That's a good point. Watch, review, train. So if we've done seven weeks now of lockdown, that's one session a day where you've got an hour or more sometimes to do if you just do the live sessions and not um, not the extra little bonus challenges that are thrown in occasionally from players like Jordan Matthews, who's in England under 21. Um, yeah. I think he's done for me and you on, on our closed groups. Yeah, yes, yeah, which was great. So that will always be there, and you might not be able to catch up 
in a week, but you might be able to over a month of putting in the effort, which is, I think, my favourite thing about sport in general, really. If, you know, it's up to you, isn't it, if you want to go and practice and make yourself better. It's not. Yeah, I, I did um, an interview last night with the West Canada Soccer Academy, and we talked a lot, obviously, about what you can do during during lockdown and stuff, which was which was fun. Um, quite a big audience, so I enjoyed that and spreading the word out there about these individual practices as well. Um, but yeah, the, one of the things I came up with with that was this is something that you are in control of yourself. That's why I love these individual practices. You're in control of whether you do them or not. You're in control of the intensity, um, how many you do, how often, how you challenge yourself. Um, all these things, it's down to the individual. And the ones that are inclined, like you say, to do it, um, I think will be reaping the benefits. I mean, we've seen it with some of the videos that have come in that um, they're improving through doing yeah. it. It's not, it's not just, oh, no, what can we do? We need to do something, you know, keep these kids active. It's what can we do to make them active and improve? And I think that maybe that's the difference between what we've been trying to do and what some of these other things that are out there are trying to do. Um, it's actually adding value and improving players, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Because it was already in place before. It's, it's our syllabus. Yeah. It's just been done differently. But it's still the same content. The only thing we haven't nailed is how to do some of the fancy rainbow flicks that are in your syllabus in your front room <laughs> be like, no, no no best not do that one but other than that that's one of the challenges right question number four what are the most important things players can practice at home and i will come up with the opening statement the most important thing is to actually do something you know whatever it is so try and do something do a bit keep active it is important for the, for the more technical stuff, I'll throw it over to you, Jeff. Um, well, if you haven't got access to all these things that we've just talked about, um, break down the parts of your feet. So if you said there were six parts of your foot, the sole, the top, the toes, the heel, the outsides, um, different parts of the insides and outsides as well, you might even argue there's more parts of your feet than six. And then you've got two feet, how many different ways can you combine those touches and those movements and, um, and have a play around with that? And you might get lost in that, um, as I would say, me and you have. <laughs> and that's where the syllabus pretty much develops out of that, doesn't it? Just falling in love with ball manipulation and movement mastery and changing direction. Um, if you've got the space to change direction a lot, and maybe if not, it's just about ball manipulation and quick feet. Yeah, I, I said last night in the interview I did, the best players in the world, and not even the best players, but the best players in the world do the basics better than anybody else. So don't be scared to go back to doing the basics, kicking it against the wall, left foot, right foot. Like Bergkamp in his autobiography says, used to pick a brick and try and hit it with different parts of both feet and then put spin on it and then round obstacles, you know. Um, challenge yourself, I think, is the key. And that is the challenging thing, is to not get bored with that repetition of kicking a ball against the wall or 
keepy ups or whatever it might be. Um, I like keepy ups; they're measurable. But if you can do a thousand keepy ups, then probably you need to be challenging yourself to do high, low ones, insides, outsides, um, mixing it up a bit. So we have various challenges, don't we? Like obviously, technique before speed with anything you do, get the right technique. And then different challenges you can do is obviously the amount. It can be how many you can do in a certain time, like we do 30 seconds for quite a lot of our stuff. Um, doing it with your head up, scanning. I've seen you in the past do things with resistance bands on. Yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo used to do a lot of these individual practices with weights around his ankles, but be careful with those, whatever your age is. Um, yeah. I've even done things blindfolded. And we've even seen things with one eye covered over, eye patch doing some of these things to improve your sensory awareness and stuff. You know, Always think how you can challenge yourself. I mean, I've been saying in my groups, you've got your comfort zone here, you've got mistakes here, and between the twos, this, I've been saying purple patch, I don't know why it's purple, but a purple patch of where you're stretching yourself between the two, and that's where the learning and the growth's done. So if you're making too many mistakes, you ease off with the challenges and you get back into that purple zone. And if it's too easy, you're in your comfort zone and you need to come out of it. I think I'm going to change purple to golden, actually, Jess. It'll be a okay, golden zone of learning and growth. I think when um, John Farnworth talks about his freestyle training, he calls it getting into a flow state, doesn't he? Um, right. And that's where you're in that purple or golden patch that you're talking yes. about between your comfort zone and making mistakes and challenging yourself and sometimes it can be just nailing something over and over and over and over so it you don't make those mistakes and getting it smooth and then stretching yourself again just always on that edge isn't it teetering on the edge of can you do it can't you do it yeah and you have to embrace the mistakes because that's a nice marker of where you're currently at and then just ease off a little bit, and then hopefully you can push those that you know that golden zone a bit more. So you make your mistakes again, and then you ease off and you you go back in. Um, unfortunately, it's become more and more apparent nowadays that children don't like making mistakes; they like to be able to do things instantly. So you have to try and encourage your children to make the mistakes and use it as a marker and learn from those mistakes going forward because some of the stuff is difficult and what we do with our skill tech schemes are designed to be difficult because it's just as much a mindset training as it is movement training and football training. Another thing it's designed to do is to work both the right and the left side or yeah. left and the right side equally and we had a quite a interesting chat the other day didn't we you asked me a question um would i rather be brilliant with one foot or good with both feet yeah. um and the skill tech scheme and all of our coaching is about being well i answered with i'd want to be brilliant on both feet Pez. Uh, yeah and that's what our coaching and the skill tech scheme is about really isn't it being as comfortable as you possibly can be and as, as brilliant as you can be reach your potential in every way so and it's about opening up those neurological pathways on both sides and i'm not a scientist you know obviously i do my research into some of it but it's a lot of big words jeffrey but um yeah. but you know balancing out both sides of the brain all of that sort of stuff uh, behind it and for me 
in layman's terms, it's shifting your body weight as quick as you can from one side to the other, which in all positions with and without the ball, you need to do a lot of. And for many different sports. And I, I know from doing it, now people can argue and tell me differently, but if you've done something and you've seen the benefit, that for me is evidence enough. And I know if I go and train my weak foot for an hour, over and over, just technical skills, moving the ball, manipulating it around, trying different things, being frustrated by doing that. I know if I then go back to my favourite foot for 10 minutes, my favourite foot feels 10 levels better than it did before I worked on the weak side. Probably because it's I going up. Why... My turn again, here we go, back to normal. And uh, <laughs> yeah. wants to compete with the left one. I, I don't know why it happens, but it happens. I don't need any scientific evidence to prove me wrong or one way or the other done it i felt it been there um and i feel like all of the individual challenges and the ways of stretching yourself it has the same effect and it opens up those neurological pathways and you become more of a master of your own movement movement mastery and it makes you feel like a better player if nothing else yeah and well we'll get on to that shortly about um people that might be a little bit scathing of of this type of practices so we won't go totally into that now because that's coming up but let's move on to question number five what do you think of the amount of online gurus that have now sprung up uh, online football gurus i imagine it means yes i mean i know why if you're somebody has no purpose at the moment because all you ever did before was team training or you ever believed in was team training why you'd be doing it right now because you'd be in quite a desperate place and you've got to feel like you're valued and you're doing something and adding value and financially you might have to do it and all, all those things so I, I appreciate that there'll be people doing it because they almost feel like they have to do something um, I don't know how I really feel about it to be honest it's well, I've got mixed emotions about it, really. On, on one hand, I'm delighted that so many kids are now doing individual practices because we've been banging that drum for however many years. And yeah. on the other side of it was, well, are they doing it very well? Do they understand why they're doing it? Um, and certain extent, why weren't you doing it before? You yeah. Know, if suddenly oh, these are amazing, I can do this, this, and this, well, perhaps you should have looked at it before. But you'd rather the kids were doing something than nothing. So I'm glad it's out there, but I do worry about some of the content that might be going out there. Um, not because it's too harmful or anything, but it's just that it's a bit of a minefield now and confusing for parents again of what their kids should and shouldn't be doing and what's best for their kids and where they should be putting their money, because a lot of it is paid for with these gurus that are coming up. Um, yeah. And it's it's difficult. It's a bit like going back to when parents don't know which team to play for and which managers to listen to and what leagues to be in and all that kind of stuff. And now it's happening with home study training. and the, So that's my disappointment with it. You know, some kids will be doing very, very basic stuff with people that, 
possibly, you know, should know better or they could be getting better training elsewhere. But I suppose it's the same with everything, really. Yeah, I probably feel exactly the same. And then uh, it, it, it could be doing brilliant things. It could be just keeping someone ticking over, couldn't it? But again, I, I wouldn't want it to just be a fad. So, you know, a child might fall in love with individual training over the next month and then go back to everything as it was before, which is great. But it soon... Um, all that hard work and dedication that they might be putting in now will soon disappear if they don't carry yeah, it on. I think uh, that'll be down to the love of the or support of their managers and things as well. Because, I mean, I suppose what's grated on me is I've had coaches work for me who've left because they didn't understand or they didn't enjoy or didn't want to do individual practices. It wasn't for them. And now suddenly they're setting up their own syllabuses and and doing it online. And I know that they didn't like it, you know. And I've had, there's been managers out there that, you know, have been very, very dismissive of this type of training who are now all over it. And, yeah, it's amazing doing this, this and this. And now if if they've been converted, that's great. You know, that's brilliant. But if they're just doing it for selfish reasons or to jump on the bandwagon, then I'm not. It doesn't sit well with me. So, will time will tell, won't it? If these people then go back to, oh uh, well, we had to do what we were doing during that time, and now let's go back to real football and you know team orientated stuff. Or will they actually learn from it, which would be a positive? It would probably be the only time in life where we could measure um, individuals coaching as well. It's just something I was think, thinking now might not be relevant, but um, there's lots of people that dismiss individual coaching anyway, isn't there? And so there's no place for it and you should always be doing stuff that's related to the game and in the game scenarios. Yeah. Um, if you're not doing it, then you've got to relearn it in a match situation and all stuff like that that I completely think is contradictory to what we're doing. going to get on to that in the next question so we can, we can yeah. really let loose on that. 